Welcome to the Mind Management Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Bullock. Our brains are on autopilot, sorting information and just giving it all meaning. Here I'm going to teach you how to take your brain off autopilot, take control, and manage your thinking so you can live authentically as you and love authentically. I want you to create a life that you are proud to live. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the podcast. I have missed sitting down and recording podcasts. It takes some brain juice, and so obviously anything that takes effort is like a little bit like there's some resistance to it, but I forget that the second that I sit down to record this, like the effort is always worth it. The effort creates energy, creates momentum. So just remind yourself of that. There's always those things that we dread doing, but it's that first, I think I've talked about this before too. It's that first 10 minutes of it. It's getting over that bump, like the top of the hill, and then the rest feels a little bit more like coasting. There are certain things, like of course it still takes effort, but still, that coasting effect does happen. First couple minutes of doing anything that requires effort kind of sucks, and let's just deal with that part, that it kind of sucks. Anyway, okay, today's podcast is prompted by the book that I've been reading called Your Best Year Ever. I think it's by Michael Hyatt. The book is really good. I've been enjoying it so far, but there's just one example that he gave that like, oh, it it kind of blew my mind. It was just such a good example of this, of kind of the way that we train our own brains and our ability to think past what we believe is possible. They have a dog and I think his name is Nelson. I could be messing that up. Irrelevant, but anyway, they have a dog and every time they open up the door, the dog goes darting out the door. And he'd run and run and run and they couldn't catch him. So eventually they installed one of those electric fences that are under the ground and it's whatever signals to the collar and it delivers a little bit of a shock or a zap or some kind of something. Regardless, (laughs) my storytelling is so good, guys. It's so good. Uh, my husband often makes fun of me because I can hear a really funny joke and then I try to tell it again and I ruin it, but I'm laughing because the joke is funny the first time I heard it delivered and my deliverance just falls flat. So anyway, that will be like this story. So every time the dog gets out of the perimeters, it gives him a little zap and then he comes back in. So eventually he learned where the perimeters are and he doesn't go outside those perimeters. And in fact, they can take the collar off of him and he can't be coaxed out of those perimeters. He has the kids kind of like offer him a treat and they call him and he won't go outside those perimeters. And he kind of compares that to us trying to step out of our boundaries, trying to create new things in our life or going for goals. The whole book is kind of about achieving your goals and having a terrible experience. And every time that we do that, we're kind of solidifying, we're, we're solidifying that boundary. We're like getting a shock every time we step outside of it. It's hard and it's uncomfortable. And so we've taught ourselves to go back. And eventually, we don't even need the boundary. We keep ourselves in the box. We keep ourselves in the fence line. 
I had to like pause the story right there and listen to that and kind of see where in my life I've done that and where I've seen it for clients and where I've seen it for people that I love. And that whole experience is pretty draining when you step outside and you get the gumption, you get the motivation, and then you try it and you fail. It goes terribly. There's that shock that's delivered. And then you go back and it feels safe. You're not getting shocked. You're fine within the boundaries that you've set for yourself. But there's some discontentment there too. There's a little bit of stirring. There's what else is there. But every time you try to get past that boundary, something goes wrong. Something is very difficult. Something slaps you in the face and you step back. We can really find this in what we believe is impossible for us. What is possible and what is not possible. Look at the goals that you set and think about your belief on how how likely those goals are to happen. When you set a big goal, do you like dial it a couple steps back because of likeliness, because of what's possible? And I don't honestly think that anybody believes everything is possible for them. If we sit down with the nitty gritty and start getting into the details, I think that we all have some thoughts of impossibility. But it's just interesting to me to see where we've done that to ourselves. I think when we get stuck in that thinking for so long, it almost seems like we're just rattling off facts about our situation, facts about who we are, facts about what we do and don't do. Like what us as a person does and does not do, what we are good at, what we are bad at. We just kind of create these thoughts, right? We know that these are thoughts, But those thoughts just get solidified and solidified that they become more beliefs of fact, more observations to us that that is just how it is when it's not. It's not. We think that it is, but it's not. I've heard the phrase again and again, that doesn't work for me. Like maybe they've tried a certain diet or a certain way of marketing a certain pattern or habit that they're trying to build and decide after so long of time that that doesn't work for me. Even that thought does limit some possibility for you. It shows some impossibility in your thinking. And I don't think that every option needs to be able to work for us. I think that it's good and smart to adjust. But I do think that it's really good work to slow it down for a minute every now and then. Pause and take a look at what you believe is not possible for you. Where you've had some bad experiences, maybe some regret, maybe places, here's a phrase, places where you didn't show up for you, or you didn't put in the work, or you fell into a habit that you feel like you feel fall into a lot. It happened again. Because why? Because you believe that this is just the way that I am. And the part of this example that is almost heartbreaking to me is that they can take the collar off and the dog will not try. That that kind of level of resignation. I want you to look for that in yourself. There will be some heavy things like that might bring up some emotion, but like even the lighter things where I just don't do that. I don't try that. I don't think about it. It's not even a possibility in my book. 
How do you feel about that? Some of them you won't mind. Like, I don't ever really want to be good at sports. I've never been very good at sports. I like to dance, but if I have to like hit a ball with a bat, it's not going to work out good for me. That's a thought. I know, but I'm like okay with believing it because I have no (laughs) desire to be really good at sports. Maybe that will change one day. Right now I'm like, that's good. That's all right. But is there something else that I can look at and it brings up a little bit of emotion for me that I'm like, huh, I've never even considered that for myself. And maybe it makes me feel excited. Maybe it like brings up some curiosity about like, well, what else? Could I be good at that? Like lately, one thing I have been thinking about is when I was young, I played the piano. Not well, but I got all right at it. And then I would start trying to guess the notes. And now as an adult, I can see how valuable playing the piano is as you go into church and there's not that many people to play piano and such a valuable gift that you can give to somebody else as well. And I'm like, what if, what if that's something that I want to learn? And I haven't really acted on that, but opening up that realm of possibility is really exciting for me. I'm also at the phase of life where I have my three beautiful children. And this coming school year, my youngest will go into full day kindergarten. We have full day kindergarten here. That means I'll have three kids in school. And it's both bringing on like heavy emotions that I think are completely natural and normal. And also a little bit when I let it, when I let it get into excitement and possibility, it's bringing on that too. So these questions are coming up. Like, what do I want to fill that time with? Where it used to be children and it used to be responsibilities of making sure like the daily tedious tasks, those won't take me as long anymore. What do I want to fill that time with? So where I've decided before, because maybe it was a time constraint, maybe it was just not in the identity that I thought I was, where have I no longer need a color? Like I've decided this is my boundary. This is me. Can I push that a little bit? Can I look at it? Is there something that I want to learn? Is there something that I want to do? So take a look at that for you too. And maybe you're not transitioning into something else, but maybe something in your life isn't working and you've limited your solutions because you've decided certain things won't work. What if you were wrong? And what if some of the solutions and the options weren't off the table like you think that they are? I see this so much in relationships and the dynamic that you have between you and your partner. I've seen it where you just decide, oh, we're not a couple that does that. Like pillow talk. Or maybe you don't have the closest emotional relationship. Or maybe you don't have any hobbies that you do together Maybe, I don't know, the list could go on and on, but you've decided somewhere along the lines that that's not something that you do and you've quit trying. Where in your relationships have you taken off the collar and you don't try anymore? Maybe you decided your partner doesn't play. So every time you try to be playful and that energy isn't matched, you make it mean something about your relationship and that's super painful. It's like, I'm rejected or... This isn't the relationship that I want. And if those thoughts start to fester, the 
outcome of those thoughts is a pretty crappy feeling emotion. So that's kind of your metaphorical shock of the collar. So next time when you decide, maybe I do want a little bit more playfulness in my marriage. So next time I'm going to be silly. I'm thinking about being silly. I'm actually going to do it. And maybe I'll look absolutely stupid and I don't really care. The thing is, I don't want you to hang that experience on whether or not they match your energy. This is the part where we get to decide this like metaphorical shock, okay? You want more playfulness in your marriage. So you see an opportunity for playfulness and you might feel a little bit weird at first because you're thinking, what if he doesn't play along? What if I look dumb? What if I'm rejected? What if I'm called stupid? Whatever it is. What if it falls flat? I want you to look at what didn't work before. Let's say back when you used to try, you were playful and it did fall flat and he didn't play along with it. What comes next is so important. Did you make that mean that this isn't the relationship that I want? Did you make it mean he thinks I'm stupid? Maybe I am stupid. Did you think it mean or did you make it mean that this is hopeless? It wasn't his reaction that created that metaphorical shock. It was your beliefs that created that metaphorical shock. That shock being the emotion that comes after those beliefs. If you feel like this is hopeless, I will never have the relationship that I want. Of course, you're going to feel complete discouragement or maybe you even feel a sense of dread, a sense of hopelessness. It makes perfect sense. So... If it was you delivering the metaphorical shock because of your choice in what you want to believe, we can have compassion on that if that were to happen. But next time, what we can do differently is let's say we take action on an opportunity to be playful and we look absolutely stupid and that's okay. We can run with it. We can hold that playfulness. We can laugh at ourselves. We don't even have to have him come along. But the more that you hold that energy and you decide, I'm not going to think those things about myself, regardless of his reaction, I am going to play and I am going to have fun. The funny thing about that is it does give him an opportunity to raise to your vibration. There's that first initial moment where vibrations clash. And this, I'm giving the example of being playful, but honestly, it can be any time that you want to bring a completely different emotion to a circumstance, right? So maybe something terrible happens. You lose a tire on a trip and your normal reaction is stress and panic and yell at each other. What if you want to bring something more playful then? What if you want to bring a sense of ease, right? Initially, if you've been doing a certain kind of dynamic before, there will be some clash. There might be some changing up of that dance, that rhythm. It would make it so much more comfortable if he just went along with us, right? Because then it would be easier for us to hold that vibration. But that's not his job. And that's not what ultimately does create change. It is your responsibility to uphold that vibration if you want anything to change. And it's hard to do, but it's completely possible it's when you let him have his experience and you get to have your experience and they don't have to be dependent on each other. So getting back to my original thought, when you do go to change it up, I want you to focus on 
what comes after that initial clash. Once it changes, once you change your pattern from what you normally do, don't let yourself deliver that shock. Be ruthlessly on your side. Let go of the expectation of your partner to come along with you because they're not there yet and that's okay. If we are 100% in control of what we want to feel and the experience that we are having, we no longer need them to come along with us. Once you realize that it wasn't their actions and their reactions that is creating your emotional experience, you'll realize that you are the one that's controlling the shock or not. It's you. You get to decide if it's going to happen or not. So anytime you go to try something new and difficult. This one I gave examples in a relationship, but also this could be in business. This could be in your fitness and your health. There's going to be that shock and that's okay. So this is almost two parts. We can get rid of the emotional suffering, right? I think we've talked about that equation before. Pain times resistance equals suffering. We have the opportunity to limit some of the suffering that happens in our life. So if you missed that episode, not sure which episode it was, but we talked about the equation pain times resistance equals suffering. And pain in our life is inevitable. It will happen for sure. That's part of the human experience. This is both physical pain and emotional pain. Things are going to happen. Like we know that our thoughts create our feelings, but There are thoughts that you're going to want to choose that the output is painful and that's going to happen and it's okay. We want, like I said, we want to feel all of those emotions and I do want you to get good at feeling your emotions. But the resistance part, when we add resistance to that pain, we create suffering. Suffering is optional. You guys, we can limit our suffering. All right. And that's what we're trying to do here. So as you walk past this metaphorical fence, there might be pain, all right? There might be that initial zap. We can lean into that. We can experience that. That is when we go in and we feel our emotions and then we kind of eliminate some of the fear that comes along with feeling that emotion. So maybe we're building a business and it's super scary to put yourself out there because you might feel a little bit of rejection. So there's both nerves, like a little bit of fear, and maybe that rejection happens and then you get to feel that rejection. But if we add the resistance to it, it's like we're stepping right on that line and the collar keeps zapping us and zapping us and it's holding it there and then we never actually move past it. We just jump back into safety. And that habit is probably one of the most destructive habits that we can do. And it makes sense that we do it. So if you've been doing this like... We've all been doing this in certain areas of our life. So give yourself compassion there. It's okay. But it just makes sense why it's even scarier the next time. Because we've never really let that whole thing go full circle and got the positive result that comes from the other side. And there is a positive result. So whatever it is, whatever your little metaphorical fence, (laughs) have I said metaphorical enough? Anyway, whatever it is, I want you to go And I want you to look at them. I just want you to see where you're not seeing possibility first. And then would it be fun? Would it, could it be exciting to create a little bit of possibility there? That like, we're not just thinking about the zap. 
we're thinking about the reward on the other side? Maybe. We will see. I loved the example, and I hope that you guys got it from my fantastic top-notch storytelling. So good. Anywho, that is what I have for you this week. I want you to go ponder on that for a little bit and give yourself compassion. We've stuck yourself in the yard and now you don't even need a collar because you've self-conditioned yourself to never believe that that is possible for you. Give yourself compassion and have some courage. Have some courage to try again. And where can we try this differently and eliminate some suffering for us? And what is the result on the other side that we're even looking for? Is it compelling enough? Is it fun enough? Interesting. Interesting to think about. All right. My friends, if you need help with a relationship that you are struggling with, I have an open one-on-one coaching spot. If you want a call with me before so you kind of know my vibe, how coaching feels like with me, go ahead and contact me on Instagram. I'm at Anna Kate Coaching. You can send me a message or click the link in my bio and there's a form that you can fill out and that will notify me as well. And we can set up a time to talk together. Until then, I'll see you next week. Bye.